Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens, a production of WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region, a podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues, and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Republicans in the Illinois House and Senate say they're frustrated and angry as major legislation was rushed through both chambers in the last hours of a lame duck session of the state legislature. At the heart of it all, sweeping changes to make uniform rules for policing across the state. We talked with Republican Daniel Swanson from his home in Woodhall. Let's start with the criminal uh, justice reform bill that you're heavily critical of. What is it in particular about this bill that makes you angry enough that you want the governor to veto it? Well, the process it went through, um, you know, we saw HB 163, which was the original bill. And uh, we've got that in a matter of uh, two or three days of even having a chance to read 611 pages of that legislation. Sure. So the process is a bad thing. I, and I, I perfectly understand that because it was done actually overnight um, in the lame duck session. But you've had a chance to look at it now. Is there anything in particular about it that you don't like? Well, the, the no no cash bail is um, troubling. Um, some of the, uh, the, pr- the protections for our officers that were removed from it and in reporting procedures of what they can and can't do. It's a it's a split this second decision anyway for our officers. And then to put more pressure on them that should I chase this person involved in a illegal act or should I let them go and then maybe catch them at some other time and place? And has that person injured anyone? Should I should I chase after that person now because they've injured someone and may injure someone else or should I let them go and possibly injure more people? So there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, th- trying to, to help the officers make their decisions in those split seconds is important. And then there's a, the other pieces for our, uh, um, even the certification, decertification. I mean, that was all put into one bill at the last minute. And the decertification process, there's so much, when these three bills, two bills were put together, a lot of the policy language and legalese part of it conflicts with itself. And uh, I know um, Representative Mazaki tried to bring that to their attention and uh, pretty much fell on deaf ears. So um, that's some of the troubling spots that they contradict themselves and don't provide enough policy and guidance throughout this legislation, even though it's over 700 and some pages. Well, and as you as you know, I mean, there, there has been calls for police reform or some uniformity of police action statewide. Is that something that you do support? Well, it's something I do support. I think every Every officer on the street or in the car or wherever they're serving at the state capitol, they'll agree that good cops don't want to serve with bad cops. 
And uh, what this legislation really does, doesn't do, it doesn't help sort them out in any way, shape or form. You know, good cops are just as um, someone can report a good cop with a, with a statement and uh, not be held accountable for their statement because they are um, um, held. Um, but they don't have to be the officers don't have to be provided the name of who possibly filed a complaint against them. Let's talk about security, especially at the state capitol. I mean, there's there's extra security being put in ahead of uh, the uh, inauguration. But once the inauguration is over and you guys get back to legislating in February, are you worried about your safety at the state capitol? I mean, when you when you talk about some of the unpopular decisions that you've had to make or that your colleagues have had to make, it, it, it puts you in a tough position. Is it now a position that you're worried about your safety? No, I'm not concerned at all. Um, I have faith in the officers out there. You know, they got kicked in the teeth, but they're going to continue to do their job. They're going to continue to do their job under the stress that they're going to be put under. Um, you know, we talk about the state capitol. Um, just this today, I, I've um, had shared some emails with um, the Illinois Army National Guard. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of soldiers deployed over the next couple of days. About, uh, oh, close to a thousand soldiers are going to be either in Springfield or out in Washington, D.C., um, supporting and having the backs of our police officers and our, our uh, Capitol Police. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned. Um, you know, there's no, I'm not concerned. Well, the other danger, of course, that you're facing is COVID. Uh, House members now have to uh, self-isolate after a case of COVID was found, uh, I'm assuming, at the Bank of Springfield Arena where you guys were holding session. Um, that's kind of the world we live in as well, especially for you in the legislature. Right. I'm coming to you from my home. I'm not in my office. Um, I did go out to the farm to do chores, but kept myself separate from everyone else. I'm going to give myself some time to see um, if I start developing any symptoms or what might take place. So, um, you know, family and friends and everyone that uh, I have to be concerned about. So, Right now, I'm, I'm broadcasting from home. Well, and you've also pointed out, and your colleagues on the Republican Party, of, of, of the governor's overreach, um, that, that he has uh, really been steering the pandemic response single-handedly without the use of the legislature uh, being involved. I'm assuming that's still a concern of yours, but I guess right now, how would you do things differently? Well, I'd, I'd use more people. Um, I'd, I'd take more advice. I'd listen to I'd listen to mayors. I'd listen to the legislators. I'd listen to uh, to my health departments out in the country. I'd listen to the the representation I have out in in my counties. And I don't believe that's being done. I believe, as you said, the governor has taken this all on himself. And uh, continually, that that goal line continues to move. I I don't recall seeing in the first initial phases of the operation where we had tears interlaced within there. And all of a sudden here, what, a month or so ago, we started to look at tier one, two, and three. So um, it just seems to be that that goal line keeps getting moved. And uh, fortunately today, it sounds like uh, we are going to be moving um, region two here in the next uh, couple of days into new phases. But uh, you know, we've got to get things to our small businesses. I, the small businesses know how to protect us. And uh, they've there's been enough research now, I think, that uh, um, they can handle this problem. We just need to let them let them go forward and uh, do what they need to do to, to get back in business. What do you think is going to happen as far as the budget is concerned? The governor has been warning us that you can expect big cuts because of revenues not coming in because of the pandemic. 
um, it, it's going to be in some people's minds a bleak year 2021. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we've, you know, the governor took this on himself. You know, we didn't put any votes on his budget because we knew it was too far um, um, relying on borrowing money and uh, a budget doesn't include borrowed money. Um, we see now where he's trying to decouple us from the federal um, uh, statutes on how our small businesses are to report losses and earnings. And uh, it could be a $500 million to $1 billion hit to our small businesses. And uh, fortunately, when we were in Springfield this past time, uh, this past week, we were able to uh, stop that legislation, but it's going to be called up again here, I think, uh, um, sooner rather than um, later. So it's going to put our small businesses in a, a world of hurt, having to come up with $500 million to a $1 billion more in tax revenue or tax costs. That's Republican Daniel Swanson from his home in Woodhall. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.